0: Here's another in NBC's great parade of new shows.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent.
0: NBC brings you Dragnet. <laughs>
1: Sergeant, you're assigned a homicide detail. A 22-year-old girl has disappeared. A letter has been received. It demands $30,000 for the girl's return. The letter is signed, The Wolf. Your job, get him. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime investigated and solved by the men who unrelentingly stand watch on the security of your home, your family, and your life. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action.
2: Tuesday, October 18th. It was cloudy in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of Homicide. My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Ed Backstrand, chief of detectives. My name's Friday. I was on the way back from the stats office, and it was 3.26 a.m. when I got to room 42. Homicide.
3: Got those for you. Here they are.
2: Thanks, Harris. Backstrand, leave yet? In a minute. I'm going out with him. What's the address out there? The Sullivan Club. 814 Castro Boulevard. You go straight out Santa Monica, take a left at Castro. I remember you ready,
3: Chief? Yeah, man. Friday, you call Romero yet? Right now. Get on it. This one we don't fool with. Yeah. Come on, Harris.
2: Hello? Sorry to wake you, Ben. This is Joe. How are you feeling?
3: Oh, hi, Joe. What time is it?
2: 3.30 a.m. How do you feel?
3: Oh, a lot better. Be back to work tomorrow.
2: You'll be ready in 20 minutes. I'll pick you up.
3: 20 minutes? Okay, what's
2: up? You remember Martin Sullivan, Vice President of the Third National Bank?
0: Sullivan?
2: Yeah, yeah, what about him? He's got a twenty two year old daughter. Already had one. She's gone. Good time, Joe. Where are we headed? Sullivan Home, out on Castro Boulevard. Heads out there now with Harris. Any leads to work on? No, nothing so far. The girl disappeared a little before 1 o'clock yesterday afternoon. At 11 last night, he got a letter. They want $30,000. Sullivan hasn't got that kind of money. Yeah, I know it. Poor guy's almost out of his mind. Fill me in. How did it happen? Well, the guy took the girl out of business school. He had her called out of class. Told her her father was sick. Said he was a friend of the family. How about the teachers? What was their story? Said the girl didn't want to go with the man at first, but he finally talked her into it. Kept telling her her father was dying. That's about as low as they come? Yeah. Did he use a car? Witnesses said it was a blue sedan. They didn't get the license number or the make. Did they remember what the guy looked like? About 5'9", 160, brown suit, dark hair. Hmm. Nothing else? No. Here's a copy of the letter. The usual. Read it. Yeah. Yeah. I have your daughter, Judy. Get, uh, what, what's that? $30,000. $30,000 quick if you want her back alive. Don't call police or I'll kill her. Contact you later. Signed, uh, what was it? The Wolf. Oh, Wolf. I could think of a better name. Come on, here we are.
0: Who's got the original note, Joe?
2: Lee Jones down at the crime lab. He's checking it for prints and handwriting.
0: Well, if it was... Oh, hi, Dave. Yeah,
2: right on the house, boys. She's waiting for you. Thanks, Dave. Hi,
3: Joe. Ben. In the living room. Oh, thank you. That's the way I see it, Mr. Sullivan. Now, you understand exactly what you have to do? Yes, sir. Uh, I'll do as you say. All right. Here are the two men who will help you. Sergeant Friday and Sergeant Romero. Homicide. Yes,
0: sir. Uh, how you Joe? Sir. I'll do? I do. Mr... Beckstrand, I, uh, I, are you sure about all this? He he might get frightened. He, he
3: might do something to Judy. Believe me, Mr. Sullivan, it's the only way. I know how you must feel, but we can't do anything else. All right, I,
2: I want to see Mrs. Sullivan first. I'll be ready in a moment. Any developments?
3: Yeah. Come on back in the dining room. There it is on the table. Second note from the guy. Mm. Telegram. When did this come? About half an hour ago. Guy phoned it into Western Union from a public booth. Couldn't trace
2: it. I see, Joe. Yeah. Be at Elysian Park, 5 o'clock this morning, near Balkan Drive. Come alone. Bring 30,000. We'll return, girl. Don't tell cops. Kill her if you do. Or we'll... 4 a.m. now, Skipper. Not much time.
1: I
3: know it. We'll have to do as he says. No other way. Then Sullivan's going out there alone? You're going with him, you and Romero. He'll be hidden out in the trunk of the car. Any plan? Get him. That's
2: all. Ben and I went out the back door and into the Sullivan garage. We jammed ourselves into the trunk compartment and Harris closed the door on us. The latch was fixed so that the door could be pushed open from the inside. A few minutes later, Mr. Sullivan came out, got in the car, and we drove off. At three minutes to five, we pulled up at the meeting place in Elysian Park. We waited. Nothing happened. At five minutes past five, it started to thunder.
0: That's all we need now. Thunderstorm. Stuff in here, this trunk in it.
2: Up and down alongside the car, then. Now listen. Can't hear anything else. Can you? No. We better stay undercover. Yeah. The rain's dark, man. I wonder what happened to the wolf. Cold feet, maybe. Let's wait it out.
0: Time you got now.
2: <coughs> Move forward let me Meet my watchman. Yeah. A little past five
0: thirty. Sergeant. Sergeant.
2: Mister Sullivan.
0: Yes. Do you think he's coming late? It's getting daylight.
2: We better wait it out, Mister Sullivan. Now look, don't come back here again. If he's watching, you might tip him off.
0: Oh. Oh. Uh-huh.
2: toward us. It's stopping. Yeah. It's coming over to our car. You ready? Right. Talk floor is of it. Yeah. They're coming back here. Now watch it. Randy Romero. That you, Ed?
3: Yeah. The meeting's off. Come on out. All right. <laughs> got a cramp in my leg. I'm cramped all over. Mr. Sullivan, drive back home. We'll contact you there. All right. all right, Chief. Ben, Joe, come on over to the car. What's the story, Ed? The guy had no intention of following through with this meeting tonight. Well, how come? He told us. Phone at 5 o'clock. Tried to trace the call. He wouldn't stay on the line long enough. What did he have to say? He wanted more money. Bragged about how smart he was. How we'd never get him. Well, he knows Sullivan's called in the police. Sure, said he didn't care. We'd never get him anyway. Yeah, pretty cocky. Pretty smart. Take my word for it. He's no dummy. Control one to eighty
0: K. Control one. I'll to get 80K. it.
2: Eighty K to control one. Eighty K to control one. Go ahead.
0: Eighty K,
3: go to your office, code three. Go to your office, code three. major Andrews. All right, Romero. Let's roll. Mm-hmm.
2: More than 12 hours had passed since word of Judy Sullivan's disappearance had been told in a homicide. During that time, an all-points bulletin containing the descriptions of the suspect, his car, and the girl had been sent out on the teletype to law enforcement agencies throughout the area. The same descriptions were broadcast over the police radio every hour. The Sullivan home had been placed under strict surveillance, and Mr. Sullivan instructed not to contact the suspect without knowledge of the police. He'd raised almost $10,000 in cash to buy him off. The serial number on each one of the bills had been copied by a police stenographer and then rechecked by a homicide officer. So far, the wolf, as he called himself, had made three separate contacts, but he'd covered his tracks well. We knew that he was somewhere in the city, 500 square miles of it, and we knew we had to find him fast. It was 18 minutes past six when we got back to homicide. Hi, Chief. Fellas, you got something
0: for us, Mac? Here, this letter, special delivery. Came in about 25 minutes. Ago. Can I see that, Mike.
2: Stay away from Sullivan. If the kid's found dead, it's your fault. Stay away, the wolf. All right, Mike. Get it over to the crime lab and have Lee check it for prints. Right, Chief. Will we find any prints on the second note, Mike?
3: Two. them through R&I now. Friday, Romero, get down there and see if they got a make. Right, Ed. Let's go,
2: Ben. Who's watching the Sullivan house beside Harry? Uh, Carpenter and Davis. Backstrand's afraid the girl's father will try to make a deal with the guy. Has he tried it yet? No, he hasn't yet. You couldn't blame him if he did.
0: For word's sake. Oh, yeah. Here we are.
3: Hi, right, fellas. Just coming down to see you. Got something there? Those two prints Lee Jones lifted off that letter got a make on them from the
0: single print file. That's good, Larry. Let's see, huh?
3: There it is. Pull the whole package on them. Donald Alfred Kiefer. Looks like a real bad one, doesn't he?
2: Donald Alfred Kiefer, male, Caucasian, age 29, 5 feet 8 inches, 170 pounds, brown eyes, dark brown hair. He had one previous arrest for forgery in Los Angeles 10 months before. Kiefer's occupation at the time of his arrest was listed as bank clerk at the Third National Bank. Ben went back into the files and pulled the crime report. Then we called Ed Backstrand. There's the answer, Skipper. At the time Kiefer pulled that forgery job at the bank, Mr. Sullivan was one of the vice president. Oh, go on. Sullivan was the one who preferred charges against Kiefer and he was prosecuted. Where's this Kiefer now? Well, let me see. He was placed on probation, and on May 16th this year, he returned to his home in Omaha, Nebraska... That's 1380
3: Mackinac Avenue. All right, Romero. Get Omaha on the phone and have them check out Kiefer. Right, Kiefer. Friday, take Kiefer's package and this note down to Don Myers. Have him check the handwriting. And get over to the crime lab and see what Jones lifted off that last letter we got. All right, Ed. The faster we work, the faster we'll put this guy behind bars. Now move.
2: How's the writing compared, Don? What'd you find? It looks good. See here? Slants as crosses. Double loops as L's, open A's, pressure on the downstroke. Donald
0: Kiefer, wolf, same handwriting. Lifted three prints off this last note, Joe. Brought them out with the iodine fume gun. They match with the first. Thanks, Lee. Did you find anything else? I don't know if it'll help you much. We examined the paper for watermarks and texture. Both notes are written on the same kind of paper. Impressions show both pieces of paper from the same tablet. Check the density of the carbon and the pencil he used. Both specimens match. Same pencil.
2: By mid-afternoon, Donald Keeper's description had been broadcast throughout the area. Bulletins were dispatched to all departments, and an APB was teletyped to the entire state. Men were stationed at every post office in the city to watch for notes that might come through the mail. The bus depots, railroad terminals, the airports, and all the main roads leading out of the city were under strict surveillance. The entire Los Angeles area was broken down into single square mile districts and a house-to-house canvas was started. A squad of men were assigned to cover each square mile. Outlying towns and cities were requested to do the same. By 5 o'clock that afternoon, the greatest dragnet operation in the history of the city was underway. We were sure Donald Keefer was somewhere inside. At 12 minutes past 5, Ben got the call back from the Omaha police.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got it. 6 X-ray 419. Nebraska Place, right. Well,
2: thank you a lot. Yeah, bye. They had to make-up the car. Lots more. The Omaha cops are looking for keeper, too. Won him for a robbery there two months ago. Yeah. And that robbery used a stolen 1939 blue sedan. Nebraska license plate. Six X-ray 419. Well, how about his family and his friends back there? They all been checked? Yeah. Well, get that car description of the communications, huh? APB, teletype, and broadcast. I'll tell him. Yeah, right here. Right in, Romero. Yeah. What are you tied up with? Well, just got a call from Omaha. Make on Keeper in the car.
3: Give it to me. You two get out to the Sullivan house as fast as you can. See Harris. What's happened, Kevin? Martin Sullivan's disappeared.
2: All right, Harris. How
3: did it happen? About three this afternoon, Mr. Sullivan got a phone call. Said he had to go down to the bank. I went with him. He had me wait in the reception room and he went in his office. After waiting ten
2: minutes, I got suspicious and went in. He was gone. That's it. Did he get any more money? This morning. $5,000. Did you get the serial numbers off the bills? Yeah. Shouldn't have let him get out of my sight. Forget it. Right now we've got to find out where he's gone to meet Kiefer. Did you talk to Mrs. Sullivan about it, Harris? She says she doesn't know anything about it. Let's try her again. Come on, let's go inside. Hi, fellas. Hi. Where's Mrs. Sullivan, Dave?
0: Back in the sitting room, lying down.
2: Doctors with her. Come on. What time you got, Ben? Mm, 6.35. I'll get it. Hello? Well, where are you? Oh. Where are you now? Where are you now? We'll be right out. That was Martin Sullivan. He met with Kiefer up in Laurel Canyon. Did he get his daughter back? Yeah, wrapped in newspapers. <laughs> All cars in the area were notified that a contact had been made with Kiefer. We got in the car and drove out to Laurel Canyon. The entire area had been blocked off. We found Martin Sullivan standing in the middle of the road at the end of East Winding Way. Five hundred feet down the hill was a private residence where Sullivan had telephoned us. It was the only building in the immediate vicinity. A few yards beyond the point where the East Winding Way ended, back in a clump of tall grass, we found the body of Martin Sullivan's daughter. We notified the crime lab, Chief Backstrand in the corner. Despite a severe state of emotional shock, Martin Sullivan tried to tell us the story. He said
0: Judy was all right. I believed him. I wanted her back. Judy. I tricked the officer, the one watching me. said, come alone, no police. Did you see his car, Mr. Sullivan? duty back. I... I did as he said. I drove here at six o'clock and I waited. And I put the money on... The- a gun. I wanted
2: Judy back. He had a gun. Did you see his car?
0: He said she was up there beyond the road, tied to a tree. I brought her back. Mr.
2: Sullivan, did you see his car? I went to look for
0: Away. Oh, she wasn't there. I couldn't find her. I, on the way back, I... I saw a bundle on the way back. <laughs> Let me find her.
2: Before he went into a state of complete collapse, we showed Martin Sullivan a picture of Donald Alfred Kiefer. He definitely identified him. The information was immediately relayed back to Central Division, rebroadcast to the entire police radio system. A teletype was dispatched to sheriff's offices, and communications were sent to police stations throughout the country. The house to house search throughout the entire city intensified. The dragnet in which we hoped to trap Donald Kiefer was drawing slowly inward. It was 12 midnight.
0: Extreme Sullivan girl murder.
3: extra. read all about it. search for
2: killers. Friday, did the papers get a
3: list of the numbers on that ransom money? Yeah, got them in the final net edition. Two and a half pages of serial numbers gave it a big spread. Look at these pictures of Kiefer here,
0: all over the front face.
3: The more the better, Romero. I hope this town never forgets that face. Good reminder. You don't make deals with killers.
0: Hi, fellas. Come on over. Find anything yet, Lee? Just checking over these towels here. Found them wrapped around the girl's body, inside the papers. Funny thing about those papers. What's that, Lee? They're all yesterday's. Every story about the girl's disappearance has been clipped out. Maybe the guy's making up a scrapbook. How about the towels, Jones? Any laundry marks? Not a one so far, Ed. Every one of them was clipped off. Pretty smart. The Morgue post the body in. They're doing it now. Yeah, nasty one. Yeah. Did you get any footprints or tire marks out where they found the body? Lots of them, all cast. Bossy and Taylor are checking them. Not one thing. What is it, Jones? I don't know. Under the seam here. This towel. Wait a minute, Joe. That pair of snippers there. Yeah. There you are. Thanks. Just back under the seam. There. That's one tag he missed. Any markings, Lee? Yeah. Greenway Apartments, Los Angeles.
2: One look at the apartment was enough. In an adjoining garage, we found the car which Kiefer had used a blue sedan. Nebraska license plate, 6x ray 419. When we got back to the office, Chief Backstrand immediately issued a cancellation of the ward order for the blue sedan, and then he ordered a detail of men to stake out the car in the event Kiefer decided to come back for it.
0: Here's the coroner's report, Joe. Oh,
2: let's see it. Cause of death, strangulation. Time of death, Monday, October 18th, approximately. 2 p.m. One hour after he grabbed her? That can't be right. Skipper in his office? No, he's out for a minute.
0: Hey, Joe, Ben, take the call off 2503,
2: will you? Thanks, Mike. Right. Would you give me the call on 2503,
0: please? Thanks.
2: Hello? Yeah. Yeah, when? We'll be right over. Some of the ransom money, Ben, just showed up. Beverly and Highland. Come on. The man's name was Ralph Donahue. He operated a used car lot on the corner of Beverly and Highland. He told us that early that morning he sold a dark blue late model coupe to a man who gave his name as Fred Sims. The man paid for the car in cash. Donahue told us that he checked the serial numbers on the bills after the man had driven away. Serial numbers check out, Joe, every one of them.
3: If I only thought to look, officer,
2: and you know I generally
3: do, I'm the suspicious kind anyway, but, oh, this morning I must have been asleep. You got the
0: full description on the car, Ben? Yeah, Joe.
2: All right, let's get it in the air right
0: away. I saw his mug in the paper while I was waiting for you. Too late. Sorry.
2: Yeah, Thanks. At ten minutes past three that afternoon, another piece of the ransom money turned up at a busy downtown department store. The clerk was unable to remember who gave her the bill. The detail throughout the general downtown area was strengthened. The house-to-house search of the entire city for Judy Sullivan's murderer went on. The afternoon dragged into the early evening. At 20 minutes to seven, Ben and I had a hamburger and a cup of coffee in the drugstore at East Broadway and Third. And then we got back in the car, checked with communications, and started cruising the neighborhood again. At nine minutes to eight, A man answering the description of Donald Kiefer was seen crossing Sunset Boulevard just below Highland. Seven minutes later, the same man was reported near the intersection of Hollywood Boulevard and Las Palmas. Communications relayed the information. At 21 minutes past 8, our car, 80K, along with a dozen others, were concentrated in the Hollywood Boulevard area from Gower Street to La Brea, Franklin Avenue to Santa Monica Boulevard. At 24 minutes past 8, another piece of the ransom money was passed at a cigar store on the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and Hawthorne Street. The number of men and radio cars in the area was redoubled. Plainclothes officers were stationed at every intersection to keep an eye on pedestrian traffic. At 18 minutes to 9, the dark blue coupe which Kiefer had bought that morning was spotted parked in an alley just below Hollywood Boulevard in Coinga. We called Ed Backstrand. City Hall.
0: 2503. 2503. Chief of
2: Detectives Office, Hannah. is Friday, Mike. Chief there? Yeah,
0: wait a minute. Just going out the door. Ed, it's for you.
2: Backstrand. Friday, Ed. Just spotted Keeper's car, the one he bought this morning, parked in an alley off Coinga.
3: Harris and I are on our way up there now. We'll take care of the car. You take care of this call. Just came in. What do you got? The theater on the corner of
0: Hollywood Boulevard and Fairview. The girl in the box office just took in a $10 ransom bill. Yeah. She got a good look at
3: the man who passed the bill. She says it's Keeper.
2: All right, Ben, come on. Yeah, you got the list of serial numbers right here. Let's check at the window.
1: Yes, sir. How
0: many, please?
2: Police officers, Sergeant Romero, Sergeant Friday. Oh,
0: yes, sir. Mister Raven, the police are here. Would you step around to the side door, Sergeant? Yes, ma'am. Margie, relieve really Francis for a minute. Francis, come here. Bring that ten-dollar bill with you. Sharp girl, officer. That Francis. Sharp. Here it is, Mister Raven. Uh, all right, Sergeant. There you are. Ten-dollar bill and the list of serial numbers.
2: Check out, all right, Ben. That's it, Joe. Good work, man. You reported the man came in about a half hour ago. You're sure it was Kiefer?
0: Yes, sir. I have his picture in the box office just behind the change machine. I recognized him right away. And as
2: far as you know, he hasn't left the theater. That's right, sir. All right, Mr. Rayburn. I'm sorry. I'm afraid we'll have to interrupt the show. Anything you say, Sergeant. Anything. Ben, you keep an eye on the front exit. I'll call communications. All right, Joe. 80 K to Control 4. 80 K to Control 4. Control 4, clear all frequencies. The Sullivan murder suspect, Donald Keeper, has been located in the theater on the southeast corner of Hollywood Boulevard and Fairview. Have all units surround the area.
1: 80K, roger. Attention all units. Attention all units. Assist ADK at the theater on the southeast corner of Hollywood Boulevard and Fairview. The Sullivan murder suspect has been located in the theater. Go ahead, ADK.
2: Control 4. Have all units converge in the general area, Hollywood Boulevard and Fairview. Unit 62R to block off the intersection at Hollywood Boulevard and North Cherokee. Stop all pedestrian and vehicular traffic. Unit 61A to block the intersection at Hollywood Boulevard and Hudson Street. Stop all pedestrian and vehicular traffic. Unit 71 and 72R to block the alley behind the theater. Unit 66 and 67R to assist at main entrance to the theater. few minutes, the one-half-mile area around the theater was completely blockaded. Every exit and entrance to the theater was covered. At 9.23, we met Harris and Ed Backstrand in the theater manager's office. Backstrand outlined our plan of operation. At 9.28, a detail of 14 men walked down the side aisles on the main floor of the theater and took up their posts on either side of the orchestra pit. The picture was stopped and every light in the theater was turned on. Ed Backstrand, Harris, Ben, and I went down the aisle and up onto the stage. Backstrand made the announcement.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry to interrupt the picture, but this is important. We're police officers. We've traced the murderer of Judy Sullivan to this theater. He is in this theater now. Now, we're going to search the theater row by row, and we'd like to ask your cooperation. There's no need to be panicky or afraid. Those who wish to leave now may do so. Leave by the main entrance. Each one of you will be checked as you go out the door. And for the benefit of the man we're looking for, don't try to escape. Every exit is covered, and the entire area is blockaded. Don't place any more
2: lives in jeopardy. Come on, Ben.
0: Joe! fire escape! Head up for the roof!
2: Backstage, Joe. We can make it from there. All right, let's go. Come on, hustle it, Ben. Yeah. The next building. You'll probably try to jump for it. All right, watch it. I think this door leads out to the roof.
0: There he goes. All right, keeper. Hold it. Don't
2: shoot. Don't shoot. I give
0: up. Throw your gun down. Over here. Don't shoot. Don't.
2: Let's get him. All
0: right, coppers.
2: I got it figured. They won't top me for this. Didn't know what I was doing. Put the cuffs on him, Ben. Get
0: away
3: from me, you crump!
2: You shouldn't have hit him, keeper. All right, Ben. Try the cuffs now. Yeah. Come on, let's get him in out of the rain. What's the hurry? Why spoil a good rain?
0: Only the names were changed to protect the innocent.
1: Donald Alfred Keeper was tried and convicted of murder in the first degree. He was executed in the lethal gas chamber at the state penitentiary. You have just heard the 15th in a new series of authentic cases transcribed from official files. Technical advice for Dragnet comes from the office of acting chief of police, W.A. Wharton. Los Angeles Police Department.
0: Tonight's program is dedicated to Deputy United States Marshal John B. Glenn of Boise, Idaho, who on the morning of July 31st, 1940, gave his life so that yours might be more secure. Came to you from Los Angeles. Theater Guild on the air returns tomorrow night on NBC.